Hi, welcome back to On Psych, where we talk about all things psychological and anything else that happens to pop into our heads randomly during the podcast. I am Dr. Jonathan Douglas. I'm a psychologist working at Central Ontario Psychology in Barrie, Ontario, and I'm a former president of the Ontario Psychological Association. Joining me today is Dr. Joseph Mirabella, who is the chief psychologist of the Toronto Catholic District School Board. And what we're going to be talking about today is school psychology. Uh, number one, what's going on with the pandemic and how the heck do you manage school psychology during a pandemic? And, you know, today we just, you know, I just got the alert on our phones just a few minutes ago about the newest lockdown. And I'm sure that has a huge impact on school psychology. And I also want to touch base on, um, you know, other issues that are facing school psychology, which of course was fully funded and completely easy and stress-free prior to the pandemic, I have no doubt. <laughs> so welcome, Joe. Nice to have you join us. Oh, it's, great, it's great to be here. Uh, great to be here talking to you today. Can you tell me a little bit about your background? I was just saying you and I have actually not met before, which is unusual for my guests. Usually I'm, I'm, I'm choosing from amongst my, my closest associates. <laughs> yeah, I've been chief psychologist at uh, Toronto Catholic District School Board since 2018. Um, previous to that, I've been working in the field as a school psychologist at the board since uh, 2010. Uh, I have a previous life, I guess, in research. Um, uh, working as a research fellow at the Hospital for Sick Children. Um, I had got my PhD in experimental psychology in 2003 and worked with infants and children, uh, visual electrophysiology. So there's a, a, a long, always been working with children in some capacity and then had a, had a major change, I guess, in 2010. Uh, was called to, to work in schools and that's kind of where I've been at ever since. So it's a uh, it's been a it's been a great wow. journey, but uh, wow, a real a really cool one actually. This is this is a, a an exciting time, a, a an interesting time. What to say <laughs> in terms of you know just you know being supportive to our children in our schools and, and beyond, and it's a it's a tremendous yes. uh, it's a tremendous time uh, with with tremendous yeah. needs. So yeah, 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 absolutely. So prior to the pandemic. What would the typical day look like for a, for a school psychologist in Toronto? Well, um, typically what a, a school psychologist does, um, I mean, if you think of sort of three broad areas, um, the first would be consultation. So that means uh, going into schools. Uh, usually uh, they have a five, six, seven, eight schools so that a, a psychologist would be assigned to. Uh, that would be going to meetings, meeting with teachers, other school staff, Certainly uh, speaking to parents about their concerns, uh, you know, with special education, with classroom teachers, um, providing consultation to those, uh, to those people, to, to, you know, to a classroom or potentially to, to a home environment, depending on uh, needs that are presented at these meetings. Um, reviewing uh, students with exceptionality, so students who are identified with, say, a learning disability or, or students who are uh, who have autism, who are diagnosed, rather, with autism spectrum disorder, you know, those sorts of cases. We can talk mm. a little bit more about that uh, later. Um, and and that's that's one piece. That's already, <laughs> it's already a big piece. Um, yes. So that's the consultation. There's an intervention piece, um, which 
can take a form of classroom intervention, so psychology education, uh, social-emotional learning, uh, other sorts of skill-building exercises, which would be you know, applicable to all students in a classroom that we could all use to brush up on. Um, or that can even be um, interventions with smaller groups, uh, you know, focusing on students who have concerns with anxiety, for example, um, or children who have problems um, managing behaviors. Um, and it can go all the way up to individual counseling and therapy, what, what would be considered tier three interventions. Um, those happen in a school environment. In fact, if, you know, the literature would suggest that most of these therapeutic um, interventions take place in a school setting. Uh, and school psychologists are trained in providing these, uh, these therapies. Most of my staff are clinically trained psychologists who are able to provide right. these therapies and, uh, and they are, uh, they're busy. Um, so that's, that's the second piece. And the third piece, which I deliberately left last, um, is assessment. <laughs> we do, <laughs> we do assessment. So, so that means a full comprehensive psychological assessment uh, that's required for a diagnosis of a learning disability, um, but also sort of other brief assessments as required for um, identification of particular learning concerns or um, other sorts of supports that may need, say, technology support or a special placement for a special needs uh, students who may be lower functioning or who require other sorts of physical supports. We will be involved in those sorts of assessments um, as well. So the, the whole gamut. So if you take those three areas and multiply it by the number of schools um, that, that most, most staff are servicing, uh, that's a pretty busy life. Um, yeah. It does. It does sound very, very busy. My wife, uh, Dr. Allison Crocker, uh, is a school psychologist as well as a clinical psychologist. Worked for the uh, Simcoe County District School Board for uh, for many, many years. And I was I was always impressed by by two things. Number one, how much stuff yeah. she had to carry. <laughs> yeah. you know, all the stuff that goes into the trunk of the car all yeah. the time, you know. And uh, and number two. The description of the assessment spaces that would be <laughs> for lack thereof. You know? yes. yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like you know, you try to test the kid next to the boiler in the janitor's there, office. There are know, stories. Kind of yeah. Fun. So you know, real estate is uh, is limited on school property a lot of the time, and part of that um, part of the job is finding negotiating for that space. Um, yeah, I, I should say too, and, and I, I kind of always talk about this um, when when talking about school psychology is you know all of these factors you know multiplied by all of these schools and all of these cases, we're talking about psychologists working in an environment with competing interests, um, with mm. you know perhaps the interest maybe competing interest is a bit strong, but let's say different differences of opinion. Uh, between, say, right. what the student thinks versus what a parent thinks versus what a school uh, administrator, principal thinks versus what a, a school teacher mm -hmm. might think. So, you know, versus, you know, talking to a speech language pathologist or a social worker. And everyone kind of gets together uh, and, and the discussions are happening in that sort of environment. Um, and so there's a there's a certain political angle to dealing with this um, that can be daunting at first, I will admit. Um, but once you get the hang of it, once you're in that midst, you know, in the midst of, of all of that, you know, near chaos, right. 
um, and, and you're able to build relationships and to, to, to manage that that environment, the, the job can be quite fulfilling um, and, and oh. extremely, you know, productive. Uh, it's, 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 you know, it's not an easy thing to do, but once you get it, you know, the people who do it, do it very well. Um, so, yeah. so yeah. 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 <laughs> That's funny. Cause I, just yesterday I was, I was thinking about, you know, these issues and how, you know, there are certain, um, diagnoses mm. that tend to get very hot mm. for certain periods yep. of time. ADHD is certainly a, a, an example mm. of, of that. And, and the political pressures, you know, I, I was thinking of that, you know, in, in, you know, the, the, how do you convey? Yeah. I, you know, there's parenting issues here. There's, there's classroom <laughs> management issues happening here that maybe there's prior trauma, mm-hmm. yes. right? Maybe it's not all about, we want that diagnosis to, so we can get that magic pill and, no. you know, everyone's <laughs> responsibilities are stepped away. Right. Yes. And that's often, it's often, I, I think, it, you know, there's this drive towards a diagnosis as a way of uh, reducing mm-hmm. uh, the responsibility of the system. When in fact, the diagnosis really demands more responsibility. Yeah, that's that's right. correct. Yeah, so so the and that is a common misperception, right? You, you do the assessment, you write the report, you, you've got your recommendations, and job mission accomplished. Uh, on to the next one, right? right? Uh, no, it, it doesn't quite work that way. And as you say, it's usually the start of the process, not the end. Especially mm-hmm. cases where we have students mm-hmm. who are. Um, who we identify with a learning disability, for example, or, or whatever exceptionality we have, you know, we revisit these cases on a yearly basis uh, and review progress. We we look at how the interventions are faring. Are they working? Are they not working? Do we need to implement something different? Um, yeah, I mean, this is always a the assessment. The comprehensive assessment is a starting point, but there's always assessment happening. Right. There's always there's always mm-hmm. some sense of interventions that can be tweaked and, and modified to, 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 you know, because we're always looking for success. Right. Um, and, right. and so, uh, you know, if, if we're not sort of getting the levels that we would expect uh, of success, then then, yeah, there's always there's a, it's always a process. Um, there's always more information mm-hmm. to be gathered. And, and, and that's that's part of the that's part of our involvement as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, it strikes me, so much of what you are describing is face-to-face, right? Yes, correct. So so many, you know, in my field, you know, I'm so fortunate, you know, working primarily, uh, you know, uh, it's it's, it's exclusively adults in clinical psychology, Mm -hmm. right? And it's really, really easy to, you know, transfer that to the digital world. Yeah. I can do my clinical interviews online. I can administer the questionnaires online. You cannot administer an intelligence test online. No, you cannot. <laughs> right? No. <laughs> no. Despite what the internet tells you, and, and, <laughs> answer these five questions. And, you know, and honestly, it's not like we haven't tried. It's not like we haven't yeah. done our research and gone through the literature and and seen what sorts of, of, of options are out there. But but what you say is exactly true, that um, there's just no way to get around that at least some of the core 
components of, of the assessments that we do require some sort of face-to-face um, contact. We, we just need to be in a room with a student. Um, and, yes. you know, we've, you know, we've developed protocols and all school boards really have in terms of, you know, uh, safety protocols and screens and, and PPE and uh, cleaning materials and, you know, and how to deal with, with you know, with, with the paper booklets and, and all of that sort of stuff that we all have to sort out. And that's in place and that works fine. But um, it's also slowed the process down <laughs> as yes. well uh, because of all these safety yeah. protocols. And of course, you know, we've, we've had two now, three school closures, uh, just entering our third. Um, and that, that has caused further delays. Uh, are, are, you know, there are parts of this, the assessment that we can continue. We can do file reviews. We can um, we can speak with teachers and and with parents on the phone or or, or, or you know on on some sort of you know uh, conferencing platform. We're zooming like everybody else, um, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but yeah, there's just stuff we have to wait for <laughs> before we can complete assessments. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the fascinating questions, of course, we don't know, mm-hmm. right? But I think one of the fascinating questions is what's going to happen to the norms? As psychologists, we're all about the norms, <laughs> right? And mm-hmm. I mean, just to explain to you know people who might not understand, you know, we talk about norms. We're talking about what's the average person in the community functioning like, right? And you know, when it comes to IQ, for mm-hmm. example, we define uh, the IQ of one hundred by definition is the average. IQ, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And we like to tease the Americans because the average <laughs> IQ in Canada is slightly higher, yes. right? We have to have different norms, mm-hmm. you know. But the um, what what's going to happen to these norms? What does it mean to say well, someone's functioning at grade level when your entire grade was held back yeah. two years? And that's that, that's a, a delicate – again, that's an issue we're uh, keenly aware of. That these aren't ideal yeah. conditions for testing anybody, uh, let alone school mm-hmm. children, um, mm-hmm. and and we have to take that into account in terms of what what are we measuring? <laughs> are, yeah. are we are, are yes. we measuring intelligence, or are we measuring intelligence plus anxiety, plus isolation, yeah. plus whatever stresses are at home? Plus whatever, which is know. actually always true. Well, yeah, I, I, I to mean, be no, fair. it's true. <laughs> that, that, that sounds like your standard Indeed. problem. It's part <laughs> of the profile, but but yes. but you know, you have to balance that with the pressures of actually having a referral list that's growing with each mm-hmm. passing day and, and getting through these mm-hmm. these cases and providing some sort of reasonable information to schools that's going to inform programming because that's in, in in essence what we're doing. But yeah, I mean that's. Am, am I comfortable, you know, having to 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 put all this uh, like these extra precautions in place and, and potentially testing a very anxious child and making diagnostic decisions um, based on that information? No, <laughs> certainly less so. And I think I think a lot of us are. So yeah. we're treading carefully. And certainly, um, there's a push to remote assessment, um, but it's one that thankfully um, I haven't had to make quite yet. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, there's lots of factors. Yeah, of course, you know, these are things we're always taking into account, but even more so now, um, we want to, we want to make sure we want to be absolutely sure that the decision we're making are, are based on the best information possible. Um, cause it matters. I mean, it, 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 it has an impact for, 
you know, for, for at least the, you know, this, the entire schooling period of, of the students were, were assessing. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We, we want to be careful for sure. Yeah, yeah. And there's so many things that are, you know, being so effective right mm-hmm. now. The, you know, a, a big part of a, a, a typical assessment, I imagine, is is classroom observation. Right. right. You know, you go and you sit in the room and you watch the kid interact with his peers yes. and, you know, this kind of thing. And, and you know, um, the number of peers in the room is different. Right. Everyone's wearing masks, mm-hmm. you yes. know. These things all end up like you know, how could how, how what's it like to observe <laughs> you know a, a room full of masked kids? You know? I have you know heard of cases of you know of setting up the uh, setting up the Zoom in the classroom and just mm-hmm. just having a, you know a half hour or forty five minutes where a psychologist can observe the goings on in the classroom. It's not ideal, yeah. I'll admit, yeah, um, and and it, you know again. Difficulty interpreting facial expressions, difficulty with the quality of the microphone or the camera, you know, the things you never even would think about uh, in a regular case. Yes. Um, I mean, we do the best we can, but yes, even the, the you know, classroom observation, which would be the, the, the fundamental first thing that anyone would do uh, before they would start the work right. or anything else, even that gets, uh, right. that gets uh, interfered with. And of course, you know, the again back to that question of what's normative right <laughs> what what is normative you know about trying to spend an hour and a half online as a as a child we don't even know what that looks like to a normal yes. kid yeah right? that's right <laughs> you know, so how do we you know how do we interpret what normal is yeah. you know under those circumstances no, i agree it's, you know it, it's, yeah uh, yeah it's a challenge and, and sort of um i was thinking too about you know the the pivot uh, now the third pivot now to, to online learning um, and how challenging it has been for many students and in particular for many of our students who, who are in special education um, to, to benefit from the sorts of teaching that's possible on a virtual platform. It's difficult for us to we can talk about gaps. Um, you know, are they struggling to learn because the methods that we're using are not effective? Or are they struggling to learn because the virtual platform really isn't suited to the sorts of interventions that these students need? Um, that, that's, right. an, that's another challenging distinction for us because, you know, I think, right. I think most, it, probably all special education teachers, and I think I would agree with them, would say, for this group, we need to have them live in a classroom. Um, and, and, and they're going to benefit most when that's happening. Uh, and, and, and creating that, um, creating the same environment virtually is challenging. Uh, and there, you know, yeah. there, there are going to be gaps. Um, <laughs> and and that, that's a big challenge for us as well. It, it strikes me that, I mean, you know, because we are, of course, in a, <laughs> you more so than me with your experimental background, you know, you, you know, psychology is, is steeped in science mm-hmm. when it is at its best. And, it you know, it, it drinks deeply from the waters of art mm-hmm. as well, I think, at times. Yeah. But it, it kind of... Um, it, it puts me in mind of the struggles of, uh, you know, of the epidemiologists trying to manage uh, COVID-19, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, being asked early on, 
are masks helpful or are they not helpful? Are they dangerous? You know, this back and forth that goes on in the vacuum of knowledge, right? right? Uh, as, as knowledge emerges and we don't really have the time to do good, well-controlled studies, mm -hmm. right? And you could even ask about the ethics of doing a good, well-controlled study, yeah. right? Who, who Who's going to put up their hand and say, I want to be in, in the group with the greater likelihood of developing COVID-19, right. Yes. right? You know, so we're really, you know, in, in a situation where we're simply having to make our best professional guess, mm -hmm. right? Which is informed by more than just guessing, you know, to be fair, <laughs> yes. right? You're drawing on, you know, years of experience, years of training, right? Um, you know, it's not totally out in left field what we're trying to do mm -hmm. here, but it's not exactly where we're most comfortable either. No, um, no, we're not comfortable. I, I mean, I th there was, there's before the pandemic, there was always talk about, um, you know, moving to, to more virtual learning. I know the provincial government had been, you know, pushing for, for this online learning right. before, if, if you recall, right. like, and there yeah. was, there was controversy about that at the time, um, but, but when, you know, when the pandemic struck and everything, you know, shut down, um, the, 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 the effort, the, 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 the time, the logistics, the understanding of what it would actually take to move an entire, you know, service of a school board, you know, at the TCDSB, we're talking some, you know, 90 or 95,000 students, um, Moving everybody home and then, you know, um, you know, uh, providing, you know, training uh, for, to online platforms. You know, I, I, I'd never used mm -hmm. Zoom prior to the pandemic. We all sort of had to, to start from scratch, from ground zero. And, and so the transition, even in that respect, was uh, challenging, let alone... Yes let alone even figuring out how to deliver the content um, or to provide our services in that way. So we really were starting from ground zero uh, um, mm -hmm. from scratch. And so the learning curve was steep. Um, and I mean, we got there. I think, I think we, we did, we did the best we, we could um, in, a, in a very short time frame. And I, you know, I am proud of that. I think everyone stepped up and knew what, what was uh, what, what we were facing and, and, and worked wonderfully to get there. But it was a lot of work. <laughs> it was a lot of work, man. It, it took it took many more hours than than I think anyone expected um, to get there. And having no idea what the impact of that change was going to be at the outset. And um, in many respects, I, I, I still think that's an open question. Um, in terms of, yes. of what what came about um, because we had to make the sorts of changes that we did, um, yeah, yeah I, I'm, yeah. I'm still in the middle of it myself, so it's 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 difficult for me to sort of get a, a, a maybe more recent perspective. Maybe when you know we're all vaccinated and, and this pandemic is behind us, um, maybe then I can I can take a look. But I, I couldn't I couldn't give you a, a reasoned answer uh, at the moment. Well, I, I, you know, are you able to hear me right now? By the yeah. way, my my no. my my, my, okay, good, good. my yeah. microphone. Yeah, good, good, good. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think we can, you know, count on reasoned answers, or, or more accurately, I think all we can count on is reasoned answers. We, you know, we it's it's the the empirical data we're lacking. Yes, exactly. Um, but, you know, I suspect yeah. we'll be doing, you know, some sort of follow up, some comparison of of you know then versus now at some point. Um, I think that you know that's already happening. But but to be honest, as I said, I think we're still in the midst of keeping up. I, I, I still yeah. feel like we're, we're we're trying to to catch up to to this to this pandemic and the impact that it's had on on all of us really, not just our students. I mean, we're all obviously affected, sitting in our basements, many of us, <laughs> for the last you know twelve or thirteen months, uh, trying to, to to provide these services uh, in a way we never yeah. have before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm curious what you've seen in terms of like um, the teachers. You know, and and the administrators that you're you're interacting with, and how they're handling things. I, I mean, I think everyone is looking for support. Um, I, I think we're all um, struggling to cope with anxiety coming from multiple directions. Maybe that's a, a safe way to say it. not just the fear of the pandemic, but 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 you know, fear of um, of delivering curriculum, fear of of mm-hmm. you know of or fear of being in a classroom. Um, I think, you know, part of what we try to do, um, and, and the mental health piece has been a, a big part of, of supporting everyone in this process, is to make sure that we can provide as many resources to staff, to, to, to students, to our own staff, you know, to, to psychology mm-hmm. staff, social work staff, speech language, you know, everyone who's involved in special services, to make sure that we're okay too. Um, yeah. And, and again, you know, going back to, to what I was talking about earlier with, with basic skill building, uh, reminding ourselves about um, taking time to, to breathe, taking time to, to, uh, to, to meditate or, or to, to exercise, to eat right, to make sure we're sleeping. You know, the, the supports in this case aren't too fancy. <laughs> you don't need anything. Yeah. You don't need anything, you know, too, too therapeutic. I think it, it really is just taking our um, baseline bag of tricks um, and, and just making sure that we're taking care of ourselves. That's, that's been a huge part. Um, of, absolutely of, you know, basic self-care it really right? is that it's just just you know taking time yeah. going for a walk you know those mm-hmm. you know, re- remembering those things that bring us joy and, and to do more of those things or yeah. to do them regularly um because as yeah. i said I, I you know i think the the baseline levels of anxiety across the board are increased um in everyone mm-hmm. and and so i think we're all we're mm-hmm. all struggling that way um, mm-hmm. so, so I, I think having, um, regular reminders of that has been critical. Yeah. 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 And maintain, are you finding it more difficult, you know, as you're working out of your mm-hmm. home, you know, are you finding it more difficult to, you know, put a stopper in the end of the workday and step away? You know, is that, that temptation to go back and work on that report after dinner? The, and stuff uh, like the, that? the inbox is never empty. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, and yep. yeah, there's always there's always something to do. Um, there's always something yeah. to respond to. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think um, just um, I mean I'm you know 
most of us are, are sitting in front of our computers looking at you know pictures little pictures of people um for most of the day um on yeah. these platforms and um going to meetings and, and doing all of these things and then yeah i think there's always work at the end of the day uh, i don't think i don't think that's mm. that's there's an exception for any of us especially you know the you know managers like myself i there's always something to do um Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. You know, I, I guess yeah. the, the thing that has been striking for me, I guess, and, and I think it's true for others, is this strange um, isolation, not isolation. So, you know, I'm, I'm seeing people, I'm talking to people, um, mm -hmm. many people, uh, as, as I typically have, but nevertheless, I'm, I'm alone in my basement, uh, isolated for most of the day. And the, the sort of this Zoom fatigue you know, that people have yes <laughs> yes this, yes this sort of fake socialization that it, it, you could feel it uh, at the end of the day yeah right? i don't know what to call it but it's absolutely I, I, you know, many people have, have uh, remarked on it and and i certainly feel it too that um that, that just being in this digital environment isn't the same and it's taking it's taking its own toll uh, i i found it more difficult initially hmm. Uh, I think, you know, and I mean, cause my days, I, my, my schedule's insane. Yeah. Anyhow, I'm, I'm, I'm basically, I, 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 I book seven people in a day, yeah. right. It's, it's ludicrous. But, um, the first, the first two weeks of doing that were like, Oh my gosh, you know, this was, you know, just an impossible thing. I was just dead <laughs> tired at the end of the day. And then, you know, after doing it for a couple of months mm -hmm. and I've, I've really like, we've just have not gone back to, uh, in person. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, since the beginning, right. um, on the theory that, you know, it, it's okay to be distant from one another for a little while and, you know, wear a mask and that's okay for a brief interaction. But if you and I are masked and sitting in my mm -hmm. office after an hour, we're breathing each yes. other's air. Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's no there's way no around way. that. Yeah. Right. You know, you, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, so we just haven't gone back, but, um, it's, it's gotten easier to tolerate the zoom thing mm -hmm. and yet whenever I do have that opportunity to interact with someone face to face, it's like, it's so exciting. It's like, oh, I can feel that energy yes, yes. again that I've, I've been jonesing yeah. for without realizing yeah. it, yeah. you know, like just to, to feel the, you know, that synergy that happens when two people are, are connecting, mm -hmm. you know, it is, it is something you really can't get through mm -hmm. the camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you've adapted. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes. I, I guess I, I haven't quite recovered from it. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't. I can't wait for all this to be over and, and uh, to, to be back in in, in live, uh, live, uh, live yeah. environment with other folks. Certainly, I, I, I you know, uh, the other thing I look forward to, of course, is is you know, the the vaccination. You know, I'm I'm really surprised that teachers have not been elevated in the in the hierarchy um you know sooner totally right agree. you know I mean, it just seems so counterintuitive to me because i mean if we want to have schools open mm -hmm. that seems like a really basic step that we should be taking absolutely they've and they've been they've yeah. been doing it the whole time um they've been yeah. they've been at work with you know with other students with the students doing their work the whole time um that this hasn't even and, been considered as yeah. 
Yeah. It's ridiculous. I don't know what else to yeah. say. I, mean, you know, in, in terms of, you know, providing an education to our students and being there on the front lines literally every day. Um, you know, that's that, right. That, that they've been, you know, that schools have been open. Yes, of course. Of course they should be. Uh, yeah. They should be prioritized. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not like you know children you know spread germs yeah. or anything like that. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. <laughs> what can we do? Yeah, we probably should have been wiping down those test materials years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, you learn quickly, right? Um, exactly. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's another issue I wanted to touch base with you mm-hmm. on because I wanted to to pick your brain about this. A couple of uh, just a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. There's a story out of New Brunswick where the government is proposing to have uh, teachers essentially take on the role of school psychologists. Right. And, you know, I, I, I read the story and I, I, I can get sort of their idea. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There's these massive waiting lists. Right. They've got 36 open positions and eight are filled right, <laughs> right? Yeah. and you know obviously the you know the waiting list is just exploding and so they're, they're trying to figure out a way that they can uh, can manage that and they're they're thinking well let, we'll we'll get teachers to do this instead mm-hmm. i wanted to get your thoughts on that yeah um so and and, and you know i i've been thinking about this when you know, once the story came out it was all the it was, it was everywhere in, in, in psychology circles, for sure. Um, yeah, we were all talking yeah. about it. I guess the, the I guess the first thing I, I want to say at the outset is teachers are doing assessment all the time. I mean, that's part right. of what they do. That's that's part of their jobs. I mean, they're assessing students each and every day, um, and mm-hmm. they're also putting in interventions. Um, so. Mm-hmm. If a student is having, uh, you know, is struggling in a particular subject area, they they have their they have their toolkit, they have their bag of skills that they can they can draw from to support these students to make them better. The mm-hmm. you know the point where a school psychologist would be involved in the process is when a teacher says, "Hey, I've tried everything I can. The student still needs support. Uh, we need to find out what the problem is," and that's when when we get called in. Um, so, and, and the moment that that happens, what gets assessed changes. <laughs> we're not just talking about academic achievement. We're now investigating family history, medical history, social emotional learning, mental health, you know, trauma. Yes. We're, we, we've widened the scope of, of what we're examining and potentially going into some very, you know, sensitive areas with personal health information, um, as well as drawing on our expertise in terms of learning challenges. So, mm-hmm. so there's a whole, and, and, and I did check before, before I came on with you today. So the OPA has, has the guidelines for, you know, diagnosing a learning, learning disability. It's a, it's a yeah. 42 page document. So, so, you know, diagnosing a learning disability is not a trivial sort of process and and it's hard and it takes a lot of work. Um, And it's something that isn't easy. And and I I could, I can comfortably tell you that 
we have many discussions, you know, with, you know, the department, you know, my board in terms of diagnosis, um, diagnostic criteria, what meets criteria, you know, um, average intelligence, what's average intelligence, what, you know, what's a deficit? Yeah, so yeah. we're talking about a very complicated process that really does take years to master. Uh, As I've always said, you know, the, the test does not you. make the diagnosis, the psychologist <laughs> yes, does, absolutely. right? You know, and I understand like the learning disability actually does, you know, kind of break that rule in some ways where you have like these very specific, you know, if this, you know, the norm is here and how many standard deviations, there is a certain degree of that. But you also have to ask how good was this assessment? How good, you know, how valid Mm -hmm. is this number, you know, for this particular case? And and, and issues like, you know, do, do the challenges that are affecting learning also impact the IQ? Um, And in many cases, the answer is yes. And so you've got to factor that in as well um, when you you come up with a particular score. Um, And I guess sort of the the roundabout answer to your question is that um, these assessments are hard uh, and they take an expertise um, and and, uh, training that I don't think comes out of a box. As you say, it's it's the psychologist that makes the determination of a learning disability. You can't base yeah. it on, um, on the scores alone. And I guess the other side of that is there are lots of reasons why students may not be learning that have nothing to do with the, with, right. that have nothing to do with the ability to learn. Um, you know, yes. there are things outside of what's happening in the classroom and, and a comprehensive assessment is going to include that. Um, mm-hmm. And even something as, as simple as attendance. <laughs> if, if you have a student who who's missing, you know, thirty or forty percent of of their school days, and they're you know they're not performing at grade level, well, well, that's not a learning disability necessarily. You want to correct the attendance problem before you get to the issue of whether there's learning there. And even that can be a tough sell in a school environment. Um, sort of, wow. you know, having that discussion, saying this isn't a learning issue; this is a being in the classroom issue. Um, yes. So, and that's just you know, that's a, a typical, a common example we have. But there are other sorts of, you know, mental health concerns, you know, a history of trauma, uh, all sorts of things that can impact learning that have nothing to do with learning per se. That um, those other things right. could be sorted, that we would expect to see a, an improvement in learning. But that's nothing that yeah. um, we can arrive at sort of, you know, uh, casually. There's a, you know, yeah. and I guess that's the other side of it. Um, and, and it speaks to, to the need for these assessments that it takes a lot of time. Um, I think the estimate was 35 to 40 hours for, for, for a complete, you know, comprehensive assessment. You know, start to finish questionnaires, writing the report, you know, not to mention just the, the, the face-to-face testing. That's a lot of work. Um, consultations with teachers, yeah. consultations with parents. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a very intense so, process. So, yeah, it's not, you know, and I appreciate that, as again, you know, there's a demand to, to actually have the answer, <laughs> the answer, but mm-hmm. um, but uh, but it's, it's, it's a longer process. So for, for a, you know, for a government to make a decision about that, um, Diagnostically speaking, uh, that's uh, that presents some challenges. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it all boils down to is like, you know, what's the quality of the information that you get out of it? I mean, if the goal is we can check off the box, an assessment got done, right? Then, you know, bringing in lesser trained people yeah. can do that quite quickly. But if the goal is let's have a really careful, accurate assessment that takes into account the full range mm -hmm. of you know, the complexity of, of the phenomenon that we're trying to assess, mm -hmm. right? It really does demand a higher level of, of and that's, training. That's the thing, too. I mean, in terms of, um, you know, not all students who present with learning problems need an assessment, right? We identify mm -hmm. these students mm -hmm. at the beginning. We put in initial um, interventions or supports in place, and many students mm -hmm. do just fine. They're able to continue. Yep. We don't need to, to, to sort of prolong the process and get to an assessment. But whatever we put in place or what, you know, what the school puts in place is working. Um, yeah. But beyond that, when, when, when we get to a place where those, those interventions aren't working, then we're really talking about a complex process uh, by necessity. Yeah. Right? Something beyond what would typically be required is required, and we need to find out what that mm -hmm. is. Um, so it's, we're obviously talking about a process that is going to look in a lot of different areas um, and, and, and maybe some areas that, as I said, have nothing to do with learning uh, directly, yeah. but that will impact on what's happening yeah. in the classroom. So, yeah. Yeah, man, it's, 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 it's complicated. It's hard. It's hard to diagnose. The it really is. There are other you know, diagnoses that may be easier to get to, but the LD in particular, is the one that that yeah. is um, uh, it, it's not something that that we we we, uh, we diagnose um, casually. Right, right. There's a lot that goes yeah. into that. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. You're fairly involved, I think, in. Um uh, in school psychology in Ontario, um, you're involved with uh, SECPI, which yes. is uh, what we call our section on education. You're going to have to tell it's me what the, that acronym is. I can't it's remember. the section uh, <laughs> on, on psych psychology and education. That's the PE. Really? Yeah. Section on psych. So there's no E? <laughs> Sec well, you know, it's it's, it's S-E-C-P-E. Uh, so S E okay. oh oh yes. oh so oh, oh so it's capital S small E C yes. okay I got e, it okay, okay. E. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> very good very good so what are you know you know from that position what are you seeing as the um you know some of the issues going forward maybe after the pandemic that you know school psychology needs to be thinking I, about I think the the continuing concern for us and this is also pre pandemic. I guess there are a couple of them, but but one is is actually getting um, getting enough school psychologists um, hired and in the field. Uh, I mean, there, there's been a province-wide yeah. shortage in Ontario, as there has been. Maybe not as bad as what's been <laughs> what they're reporting in New Brunswick, but but there's certainly a shortage of, of school psychologists in Ontario. And so having you know having the capacity to to meet the needs out there has been a continuing concern. And so we've been. Part of what SECB does uh, has been sort of advocating, um, you know, to, to governments, you know, liaising with governments and, and with the ministry to sort of push for more um, awareness of what school psychologists do, uh, including mm -hmm. among mm -hmm. those who are currently in graduate school studying psychology. 
Um, yes. You know, because I, and part of that sort of as a side uh, issue is, is, you know, school psychology has typically had the reputation of just being about assessments. Um, and, right. and there's so much more of that than, than that right now. And the mental health piece is, is huge right now. As I said before, we've got, we've got clinically trained psychologists working in schools who are providing these supports um, in addition to all Absolutely. these other services. But, but that message has been slow to get out. I, I, I've got to be honest with yeah. you. So, so part of that, that advocacy has to do with, with making folks aware um, and that includes, you know, having practicum, at, practica rather, and, and intern, internships that give students an opportunity to work in schools. Because the other thing I should say is that once we get students working in schools and, and, and uh, exposing them to that environment and seeing that it's a lot more than doing assessments, they tend to like it and they tend to stick around. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah. and so that... But that's that's sort of a slower process. There's an expertise um, that's available that is amazing, um, mm-hmm. and and you know making sure that um, that again you know uh, the Ministry of Education that that the school board that school, the school communities are aware of the programs and and a lot of what we're doing is you know rolling out these this psychology education, just letting people know what we're doing um, and and. Um, supporting them when they need it. Uh, that's yeah. that's a big part of what, what we do too. It's not, as I said, about um, just about the learning. It's about it's about supporting mental health and 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 the needs of you know the school community as a whole, not just yeah. The students. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't have good mental health, chances are you're not going to be able oh, yeah. to learn so effectively. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You know, yeah. as, as we mentioned, it's it's we we've got to. Uh, We've got to go back to our own toolkits and make sure that they're uh, that we're practicing what we preach. Uh, yes, that taking too. care of ourselves, right? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So apparently, beer and chips is not necessarily the ideal way of dealing with stress. At the end of the day, uh, I'm not going to say it, it can't be a part of it, um, but, but it can't be the only part. Of it. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Joe, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to 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 meet me and meet with me today. I mean, it's 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 great pleasure to meet you, and uh, and thanks so much. It sounds like. Um, you know, it, it actually it literally sounds to me like uh, the TCDSB is doing a pretty good job of of managing, you know, these these issues. Right. And and letting you as a psychologist, you know, in the school, you know, work up to your potential, which I think is so valuable. Well, I appreciate that. I, I mean, I think we're working very hard to, to sort of balance all these these competing needs uh, and and, you know, providing the best service we can. You know, in a pandemic, um, you know, as I said, I, I hope things to, will improve once uh, once we, we pass through all this. But, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm very happy with the work that, that's, that's yeah. been done. Yeah, I think there's, there's, a, there's a lot of great people doing very good work. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to be a part of that. Yeah. All right, sir. Thank you so much. So nice to meet you. It's great to meet you, too. Thanks so much. You have been listening to On Psych, presented by the Ontario Psychological Association. Be sure to subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Mm-hmm.